Welcome back to Culture Dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten. I'm here with Parks Miller. We have a really big uh, topic for you today. Lots of different pieces. Could be a multi-parter, but we're just going to shrink it down into one big long dump. Uh, before we continue, I just wanted to say that recently I started watching the the Cho show. Uh, artist David Cho's new TV show on, on FX. You can watch it on Hulu. It's really heavy stuff. It's it's the artist sitting down with all these different public figures and getting into really, really deep-seated issues that they have. But Neil Strauss, the author of the game, is on one of the episodes, or in a, in a couple of the episodes, and uh, you find out that the game was the most shoplifted book in Barnes & Noble's history. yeah like they would keep it behind the counter because so many people were stealing it uh and i I, wow yeah and i was like well that's a that's a good one but also it's like who's stealing that like well teenagers what does that say yeah yeah and then no like but you know they couldn't give away his other book the truth you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like like so many people are trying to steal the game meanwhile the truth just uh, sits there yeah gathering uh what does that say about society man that just they're that, horny. Like, they don't. They don't want to hear the truth. Yeah, yeah. They just according want. They just want to play the games. Guy who was, yeah, according to the guy who was really horny up until his last book. Yeah, <laughs> the horny truth. Well, so, speaking like, of horny, too much money. Anyway, anyway. Who, yeah. yeah, that's great. That's great. I got to check out that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It's an amazing show. But um, yeah. Speaking of horny, today's culture dump is celebrity sex tapes, and uh, this is a huge topic. I mean, there's so many like societal implications going into this. Um, and it completely appeals to the darkest side of our physiolo- like physiology. You know, it's the, like this desire to see those that we hold in the highest regard in their most primal state and like a deep perversion that appeals to just about anyone interested in pop culture um, but it also opens up the doors for judgment uh, for those that we always see as untouchable you know because now you're seeing them right. completely unabashed like not acting or trying to you know put on face for the camera it's more of just mm-hmm. like filming like a moment in time but there's so many different kinds of sex tapes and we'll get into all that. And there's also right. like legality stuff and moral stuff, and it's it's there's a big so topic. Many, yeah, but yeah, you're it's a that's a good point. You do just you know it's maybe it's some celebrity, and you just you want to see because not only is it just that say you know doing a a nude scene in a movie or something, it's like yeah, it usually is way more unpolished than that, right? And so it does feel like not only is it i mean the sexual element but it's extremely voyeuristic because i think for the most part they're not really intended for millions of people to see now i mean it sometimes those things do get exploited and can right kind of marketed as such but i think originally the intent of these sex tapes is it is just for a few eyes only. Yeah, so. and also it's funny with those, like you know, when we start getting into like the big ones, like, ooh, like how many times are you even gonna watch that? You know, like if right. you if you make yourself like a shitty little like sex tape with like seven minutes worth of like nudity, like when are you gonna like pop that in? And be like, you want to watch like that video of us like fucking around on our honeymoon like again? You know, you know, I- maybe spice it back up, or I mean, definitely within like the probably the first week it probably gets watched a few times right oh that was so hot 
Yeah, yeah. Let's check know. it out. So, well, all right. We got to get into it from the very start. So, since the invention of motion pictures, there has been adult entertainment. It's almost as if the second the technology was introduced, the first thought in the mind of the public was make porn. While this episode focuses on amateur sex tapes made seemingly for private enjoyment by celebrities, it's important to consider that adult videos have existed since 1896, the year that the French film The Bridegroom's Dilemma was released. That same year, however, iconic inventor Thomas Edison released his own adult film, The Kiss, which by today's standards is far from pornography, but seeing a public display of affection on screen caused an absolute uproar in 1896. Now, as time went on, more risque films were being made and released. While some of these films were shown in theaters, others were distributed privately directly to customers. One of the most well-known of these films was the 1915 romp, A Free Ride, which did not have any official credits as to protect the identities of those involved. In fact, the director is credited as a wise guy. And this is the hey. first film to show an actual threesome with like penetration. Uh, it's about, you know, a hitchhiker or, or like two, two hitchhiking ladies getting a ride with a guy. And it's like, <laughs> like, kind of like shit. Yeah. And, you know, like model T's and stuff. And yeah, it's the first film to throw, throw or show a threesome. Th throw a, th a see some. I can't even fucking throw, talk throw today. Thumb. Yeah. Uh, but from the 1920s to the 1960s, we saw the rise of the stag film, which were usually shown in a smoky den or garage of someone's home. Uh, the 1960s ushered in the sexual revolution, and there were several films blurring the lines between pornography and art. But by the 1970s, there was a fully established adult entertainment industry. And by the 1990s, it was a multi-billion dollar business. Let's get to the matter at hand here, the celebrity skin, if you will. The first true example of a celebrity being exploited sexually in the sense of having materials released against their wishes was Marilyn Monroe. In 1953, nude photos of her were published in the very first issue of Playboy magazine. What a banger uh, first issue. You know, it's yeah. like th this new thing and you have the most fucking recognized woman on the planet on your cover uh, against her will, of course. The photos were taken around four years prior before she exploded onto the Hollywood scene later to become the most iconic actress of all time. A down on her luck, Monroe posed for a, a photographer who then sold the photos to a pinup artist for a calendar. They would take these photos and then redraw them. Uh, and and mm -hmm. that's that, that's how those like yeah. old school yeah. war pinup pin -up calendars were mm -hmm. made. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Hefner bought the rights to those photos and then printed them in his magazine, and Monroe was horrified. She hadn't even used her real name when shooting the photos and was promised that her face would have been obscured. With her face being shown clearly and her being the most recognizable woman on the planet, there was no chance for mistaking her. Now, that, while not a celebrity sex tape, this is 100% the very first like instance of this happening. This also is very common, very common practice, um, and especially with, uh, you know, exploiting, you know, actresses for photos or whatever. Oh, and, yeah, for sure. And I mean, this know, isn't even touching the casting couch kind of stuff, you know, like right. this is something yeah. that she had done, you know, knowingly. It wasn't like someone, you know, snuck a camera into her dressing room. But, you know, you, you don't expect these to 
like keep being used for other shit. Like mm-hmm. in no way would she have ever thought that like one of the biggest magazines on the planet would be sharing these naked photos right. that she took when she really just needed the money. And again, was promised that, you know, oh no, your face won't really even mm-hmm. be seen. These are going to be drawn later. So they'll draw you different. Right. And this is also just setting it up for like, but the moment, once it gets out into the public, it's the court of public opinion, you know? Like, yeah. And it's out what there. What a horror for doing that, you know, without... It's, like, easier to just... That's the story that, oh, she did it. She must be exactly. promiscuous or, you know, have no morals. But in reality, this, telling the story, oh, no, some, I didn't know this was going to happen. And going through this longer explanation of what really happened, it's a losing yeah. battle. But no you one know. cared back then. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't exactly. any, any up, yeah. uproar over it. And, uh, you know, in 1963, Playboy published nude photos of the actress Jane Mansfield, allegedly without permission. And this led to an obscenity charge against the magazine. However, it is widely believed that Mansfield, a queen of publicity stunts, leaked the photos herself only to contest them later. And this created the split between the two types of celebrity sex tapes or photos, like those that are stolen or misappropriated and those purposely fully leaked for mm-hmm. you know financial gain or status and again you know it, it is hard to tell looking back if mansfield did purposefully do it i mean she is nude in a couple of her films you know there's plenty of different photo shoots that she had done nude so it's not crazy to think that like that was part of the plan you know what i mean it would have been really easy for her to let some of those out and then be like oh no like i didn't mean for that to happen like crazy mm-hmm. and that was kind of jane mansfield's whole thing you know but uh, right. allegedly you know that they, they were leaked but the kind of hollywood lore is that that was all a big publicity stunt and it really creates this like split between the two kinds the of two, yeah. celebrity mm-hmm. sex tape things and as tabloid culture grew so did the public's interest in the private lives of their silver screen heroes millions of people clamored to the newsstands to get a glimpse of the often salacious stories of hollywood's elite it was only a matter of time before video proof of these tales would begin to surface and this all starts with like kenneth anger's book hollywood babylon which you know covers like rudolph valentino and errol flynn and like you know vivian lay like these really old fatty arbuckle these like old school golden age of hollywood people Mm -hmm. having these insane sex stories come out because no one even thought that these people were living such crazy debauched lifestyles right and then as these stories get released you know decades after some of these people's death in it in a lot of cases they're like holy shit hollywood's fucking crazy right because because then they're the public image was just way more secured i mean like you say like not you know having a scene that was just suggestive in the 60s or like you know elvis with his you know the camera being only above his hips and all that stuff and like the scene you watch old movies and like oftentimes they're only suggesting sex without even really depicting it. Whereas, you know, now you fast forward, you have movies like Requiem for a Dream that just like are are like just so many movies that are trying to do as like nymphomaniac, like to depict it as close to without being considered pornography anyway. So I just feel like part of it is that those Hollywood celebrities, they did just for the most part have much more of a squeaky clean image even if you were like the bad one it was like more right. like a tease well, cause or public morals were so much higher you right. know like but in reality they're, they're extremely influential people with a ton of power and access and they're just having fucking crazy 
They're just sex. banging. They're just, yeah. They're just doing all sorts of wild shit. Well, and another thing that happened, I, I feel like, to really kind of push this was in the 70s with Studio 54, you know, like the biggest nightclub in the world, so notorious. All these stories were coming out about like the Studio 54 balcony and how you go up there and people are just having sex everywhere and doing drugs everywhere. But then you would also see like pictures of like Warren Beatty there, like fucking, you know. Andy Warhol or any famous singer, Liza Minnelli, like these A-list people going there. So instantly you're like, okay, well, like I hear that at this club, all these people fuck each other all over the place. And these big top celebrities are going there. Therefore, I put the two two together. These celebrities are doing crazy shit. And -hmm. it kind of like, you know, it gets the wheels turning. Um, Another one would be like Bob Crane, the star of Hogan's Heroes. You know, when, when he died, he was, he was killed, but like it was, it, Turned out that he had like hidden cameras in his house and was always mm-hmm. filming himself having sex. And this kind of puts the seed in people's head that like there might be tapes of this shit out there. Right. There is a really great movie called Autofocus. Right. And it's a in um oh I'm blanking on It's like Willem Dafoe, right? Willem Dafoe plays sort of the tech guy who introduces Bob Crane to the videotape technology, which is actually an important part of the celebrity sex tape, is once handheld cameras right. became more readily available to the public. Um, oh, Greg Kinnear, that's who played Bob oh. He does a fucking phenomenal job. It's a great movie. But yeah, part of it was that he like met this guy who was like sort of, oh, I got all this new tech gadgets. And he's like, look, check it out. You can film yourself. And just that whole idea of the home videotape. So mm-hmm. he was videotaping his family and stuff you know oh like opening presents at christmas but then also he was having fucking secretive sex sessions just fuck yeah sessions filmed and orgies. recording it yeah orgies so yeah uh, <laughs> I, I, absolutely i mean that is a huge thing too also it's funny too because like you know with these celebrity sex tapes so many of them seem to have leaked out and it, it just goes to show like kind of like the disconnect like with like the knowledge of technology. It's like these people are so used to being in front of the cameras that when they're finally behind them, like they don't think to like hide the tape or mm-hmm. like destroy it or like right. whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's this weird, weird thing of the people so used to being in front of the camera are now behind it, but also in front of it. it it's a whole thing, but uh, let's get to the actual stuff here. The first celebrity sex tape, as we know them featured former Miss Ohio and NFL correspondent, Jane Kennedy, the videos, 1980s release, date is disputed, but it's widely considered to be the first celebrity sex tape to become widely available. Not in the sense that there was like cover art made for it, but like you could go to like a porno shop and they might have like a copy in like a brown bag, you know, mm-hmm. or like yeah. it, it would be, you know, spread around. And it's not really known who distributed the film that featured Jane along with her then husband, Leon Kennedy. But in 2014, Leon filed a suit against Ebony magazine who claimed it was he who leaked the tape. Um, mm-hmm. He just said, no, it absolutely was not. Um, but they're like, well, that would have really helped your career out. Cause she was, you know, a top like, she was like the female sports correspondent at the time, you know, in the mm. in the early 80s. There wasn't too many of those, you know, especially in, in the NFL. So she was a also, big deal. Just the brown bag as yeah. a way to like, <laughs> that's a thing. I mean, I don't think that you really, you know, I don't think the concept of a brown bag. I mean, I guess it still can exist somewhat, but just the idea of like, oh, this is obscene. We're still going to sell it. We're just going to put it in a brown bag. And there was right. even like the John Lennon Yoko Ono album that they were naked on the front, so they brown bag it. 
That's right. And yeah, or two live crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah so same thing. Also, like, if something was being sold in a brown bag now, I would be, like, terrified as to what was inside. <laughs> like, I'd be yeah. like, what could possibly in 2021 be so bad that you have to brown bag it? Well, now, I mean, now it's just on the internet, are you 21? Yeah, that's the brown bag. Yes it's just no. a click away from ripping it, just, it to shreds. Well, perhaps the very first tape to garner mainstream attention uh, was the misrepresented Go-Go sex tape, which began circulating in 1982. The tape, which was promoted as an uncensored look at the backstage antics of the group, actually just featured a lot of drinking drugs, light nudity, like very light, and mostly them just messing around with their roadies. Like, let's see your dick, John. Like, like, like pull it out. Like, but it wasn't like pull it out so we can all have this big crazy go-go orgy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pull it out so we can all suck it. No, it wasn't like that. Not even close. And this tape would kind of set the precedent for how future tapes would be promoted and distributed because this one actually was being sold and at the time there wasn't like there, there really wasn't a legal structure in place to stop this kind of stuff you know and also it was like so embarrassing that a lot of the you know celebrities involved they just wanted it to go away you know and again mm -hmm. the internet wasn't around so after like a year or two these things kind of would just go away you know mm -hmm. until the next one came out but yeah the go-go sex tape it's like unwatchable i mean it's seriously like like they're all crowded in like a bathroom backstage they're just drinking smoking cigarettes cursing like it's definitely not the uh like the aesthetic of the go-go's you know so it was kind of right. surprising but to call it a go-go sex, sex tape. tape is a stretch yeah right it's not a sex tape it's that they're messing around with nudity right you know having fun and then that also just gets into the thing where it's like yeah i mean i guess on one hand you know you're not oh you're a celebrity you should know better but back but then I they feel did like it. yeah and it's just kind of like they're probably letting off steam they're just trying to have a good time yeah also being a rock band like even like an all-female like rock group like you party backstage like, you know, it's like it's the road yeah. like it's a little mm -hmm. bit of a different thing than being like an, an actor or an actress and having yeah. this happen, you know, because like you are doing debauched things and it's kind of like like a, a thing that everyone knows that like, yeah, bands do crazy shit. It was interesting that it was all girls, you know, that was like the first of that. And that's why this tape, like if this was like Motley Crue's tape, it would just be like backstage craziness with Motley Crue. But because it was right. the Go-Go's, it's like Go-Go sex tape. Yeah, exactly. That's a very uh, good point. Yeah. In 1988, film star Rob Lowe was the f star of the first major celebrity tape. The star, that's kind of like a, a stretch there, too. Uh, the tape not only featured one of the world's top actors, but also a 22 and a 16-year-old girl. Lowe convinced the public and authorities that he was completely unaware of the girl's age, and that segment of the tape fizzled out of public light because it was super illegal, uh, and it almost costed him his career. But he says that it was the best thing that ever happened to him because it ramped up his drinking, made him hit rock bottom, he got sober, and reclaimed his career and is now very, very successful. And had he had not had sex with an underage girl on camera for everyone to see, that might not have ever happened. <laughs> well, thank God for that. Thank Jesus yeah. for that. It's um, like, yeah, God, Jesus. That is one of those things where you're like, all right, you know, you can see kind of how whatever, I don't know, whatever comment that is about being a man or something. But, you it's know, bad. He, he when he hit Parks and Rec, I feel like it's just like he was 
back as like a major household name and it's like ah oh, we fucked a 16 year old that's that's old news yeah that's you know he's yeah she's old now life. yeah you know she's um, old now <laughs> but yeah mm-hmm. and he has his own talk show and shit and you know if, if you watch like uh you know those comedy central roasts there's one on raw blow and like everyone is just like ripping them to pieces for that and like yeah, it's kind of just yeah. like <laughs> wasn't that crazy but it's uh-huh. like no that's really fucked up dude like uh you probably should have gotten in, in a lot of trouble um mm-hmm. it's not even one of those things where you could be like it was a different time it's fucking 1988 like you're not allowed to fuck kids in 1988 you know it, right even <laughs> though we do know that bill wyman the bass player of the rolling stones married his right. wife and she was he, well, he like, married her. He made an honest her. little girl out of her, you know? He, like, married her on her 18th birthday, essentially. God. And that was just... in, like, 1989. And so, I mean, he obviously had to have known her, gotten to that point of marriage before. So God yeah, even if you're saving before. yourself, you're still courting a little girl. Um, like, but that's, 19, that's 1989, and there's footage of that wedding, and, like, every all these huge <laughs> celebrities are it's there, awesome. and they're all just... They're all just kind of like winking, like, oh, yeah, we all know, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, okay, everyone's like sort of complicit in this like insane fucking thing that's happening. Right. Um, Yeah. I I bet he was just like sitting in his room like a fucking like pirate prisoner, just like carving dash at like little tallies into the wall waiting for the day that she turned. Yeah, I'm sure he just was exhibiting just perfect self-restraint until then. (laughs) As if it's not weird, as if that's not weird, even if he did. Anyway. Um, well, but, but they didn't, didn't have a tape, so we don't tape. know. He didn't make a tape. Exactly. So. Now, 1994 was a big year for Olympic ice skater Tanya Harding. Not only did her husband orchestrate and execute an attack on her biggest competitor, Nancy Kerrigan, but she also made a sex tape. The tape was titled Jeff and Tanya's Wedding Night, but the tape is actually comprised of footage from two separate occasions. I believe one is after a Halloween party. Uh, in 1998, the as-seen-on-TV video sensation banned from television featured several clips of the tape. I have it. It's really nothing to write home about it's it's fucking tanya harding and her husband having sex like woo like it's it's really <laughs> nothing to write home about but it is worth mentioning that band from television um one of the main producers was joe francis who went on to create girls gone wild yeah. and he got the idea for girls gone wild from going through all the submitted footage from band from television which is generally a lot of violence that's the main push with band from television that it's like look at this liquor store clerk get his fucking head blown off or this woman get hit by a train or like look at this like scaffolding color during a deep purple concert in Brazil. That's actually a clip on there. Uh, yeah, or so this two that. live crew footage where it's like they're yeah. getting their dick sucked on stage. Right. Like stuff like sure. that. But yeah, in, yeah there'd be like Mardi Gras footage and stuff. And he just started going through and he's like, you know, this people getting shot is cool, but what's even cooler are these boobs. So he created Girls Gone Wild and it all starts with footage like the Tanya Harding sex tape, Mardi and, Gras footage. And we should do it. I mean, we will. Yeah, there's going to be a proper dump on Josh on Wild. Slash Joe Francis. The theme is exploitation, right? Like, that's kind of the thing, especially as it's growing 70s, 80s, 90s. I mean, it just kind of like. It's starting to speedball now. Or or speedball. It's starting to snowball now. Speedball. It's starting to do speedballs now. No, yeah, it's starting to get bigger. But yeah, it's just like, I don't know, there's becoming a larger area of like entertainment, like just. The, the 
the things that the entertainment industry is producing isn't quite enough anymore. Like right. the movies, even if it's a very sexually suggestive movie, it's still like produced and controlled in a way. Right. So like these sort of more exploitative things are becoming just of interest to the public. And you also have porn, you know, on the complete rise, but that's like too much of a fantasy. It's like we want to see like real people really banging, but we don't want to see real people like your neighbors. We want to see real people like famous actors. Yeah, it, you know? it gets in the in-between because, I mean, most, I mean, like nine, 99 out of 100 celebrities are not going to go into actual porn because that is kind of seen as like a career suicide, even though maybe now these days, like, I feel like some people do kind of get into porn and it's seen as more of a like a progressive thing. But definitely traditionally that scene is like if you have your quote unquote legit entertainment job and then porn is just this like off limits thing and you won't be able to ever recover from it right so the sex tape kind of can fall in between because you want that celebrity you want to see them in that situation they're never going to do porn sex tape right in the middle yeah and the sex tape it could it could you know depending on where your career is at it can either jettison you up or tear you down you know it mm -hmm. can either be like a bridge to the next step in your career or it could be you know what burns the bridge down between right. you and hollywood but uh speaking of that let's get to the big one everyone knew it was coming there are moments in time that are remembered as the beginning of an era iconic happenings that will forever be looked at as true game changers well in 1995 Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee, along with Baywatch star and universal sex symbol Pamela Anderson, filmed themselves having sex. Now, while the tape is mostly made up of shots, shots of them, you know, swimming, laughing, telling each other how in love they are, there are bits and pieces of X-rated material. And this is considered to be the sex tape. An unstoppable consumer demand for videos like this was created instantly and is still prevalent to this day. This is the major one. It's yeah. I mean, and this probably they were both huge. They were they're were both mega stars in their own, and then they got together as a couple, and then that kind of propelled them further as this sort of wild like rock star party couple. Right. So they were already super big, but then the sex tape just kind of made them even bigger. Because I will say. As a teenager, I this is probably the first sex tape I saw, and I yeah, for sure. knew that Pamela Anderson was on Baywatch, or I just knew that she was like kind of a sex symbol celebrity. I had no idea what Tom. I didn't. It took me years to find out that Tommy Lee was a musician, was a drummer <laughs> in Motley Crue. Like none of those things really matter. You just at that point they are like. Pam Tommy sex tape is its own echelon of fame. Right. So it doesn't fucking matter what you've done before. You know? Yeah. It's no, no, it, it, exactly. And like, I remember being a kid, like being young and like, you'd be watching like Beavis and Butthead or something. And they'd be talking about like Pamela Anderson, and how hot she is. Or like Baywatch was like being made fun of on everything for how hot she was. And then I would be like, Oh, well like, fuck, I gotta like check out this Baywatch to like see this like, hot babe and i'd watch and it was like this sucks like where is like right. where's the payoff here like, it was, like <laughs> i mean that show in itself seems like it was literally like okay we're just gonna find the most attractive young actors and actresses and then it doesn't 
fucking like this show is going to be garbage. But as long as we keep bringing like hot people on the show. Yeah. And that's, that's and pretty that was, much what, what it was. Put them in the, the bikini, whatever. The bathing but suit, I mean, so. that that show was insanely popular. It's still in syndication, like all over the fucking world. Um, and it's also interesting, too, because by that time, Motley Crue was kind of like on its, you know, they, they weren't really doing anything. They were kind of like on the. You know, they were suffering in the 90s, for sure. Yeah, they, they were hibernating, was. for sure. Well, meanwhile, Pamela Anderson was, like, shooting up to the top, you know? So it's it's this weird thing with, with their career. Um, but during the honeymoon phase of their first marriage to each other, they were married to each other, uh, you know, and divorced a couple times, the stars began construction on their dream home. By all accounts, they were not easy people to work for. They were drinking and drugging by the pool all day and making outrageous demands to the severely overworked staff. Well, one staff member, an electrician named Rand Gautier, was furious after he was fired. He claims that he was not even paid for the work he had done because Tommy Lee deemed it unacceptable. And when Gautier returned to retrieve his tools, he alleges that Lee pointed a shotgun at him and ordered him off the property. With revenge in mind, Gautier began casing their home, staying outside until dawn, learning the day-to-day schedule of his former employers. His goal was to enter the garage-turned-recording studio and steal the large safe that was stored inside. Having set up many of the security cameras himself, Gautier had no problem making his way through the property unnoticed. It also helped that he had disguised himself in yak fur in order to look like their fucking dog. (laughs) <laughs> Their dog. He disguised himself as a dog. And he says that he pulled the job off by himself, but that would have been insanely difficult to do. I don't know if you've ever moved a gun safe. They weigh like 17 million pounds. And if you're wearing yak fur on top of that, uh, I can't imagine he'd be able to do that alone. It sounds but, pretty determined. Yeah. This guy's kind of a psycho. Like, I understand. <laughs> it, does, it sounds like you had shitty employer yours and you know maybe that's just part of this whole hollywood craziness but like man this guy went for revenge yeah revenge is a a theme of some of these that can be sort of a motivation for putting these things up absolutely uh, fullness you know and then you have like laws years later the revenge porn laws you know that come into play which didn't exist at this time Uh, but yeah just the fact that this guy disguised himself as a dog like they had this big big you know long-haired dog that was always in the yard so he would literally just crawl on his hands and knees with this fur over him and he's like yeah these cameras because i put them in i know how kind of shitty they look so at nighttime like i could definitely pass as their dog if i just stay low to the (laughs) ground and we're gonna gloss over a lot of the like details of this story because it's so complex um but hulu is actually putting together an original series and seth rogan is playing gautier so (laughs) yeah so so that'll be that'll be really good I can't remember the actor or actress that are doing uh, Pam and Tommy, but the like costume shots have come out. They look fucking dead on. Yeah. Now, once he got the safe to a secure location, he broke into it and discovered a you know a couple guns, some jewelry, and a tape. After he played the tape at a local porn studio he also worked for, the world of adult entertainment was never the oh, same. Oh, so he just also worked for a porn studio. Dude, he <laughs> used to do porn, and he said that he didn't Odd have jobs. a big enough dick. So, like, he was always kind of in his head about it, and uh, he just enjoyed working around porn more. So he would, like, install, like, the lighting rigs and, like, 
worked with like a bunch of producers like really like this is like classic 90s fucking like San Fernando Valley porn oh shit like it doesn't get any better than this as far as that whole world goes and yeah so like you know he goes to the studio, hey, to the main producer, you got to check this out. They realize what they have, but they also realize, well, you fucking stole a safe right. that this, you know, with guns and shit in it, you know, and like That's also. The thing is, yeah, they realized, obviously, Pam and Tommy, if they put the tape in a locked safe in their house, I mean, they obviously realized, you know, it wasn't so flippant like this guy went to pretty extreme degrees yeah to get this to the public this was a tape locked in a safe this was meant to be very private right a a absolutely and again like he didn't just like stealing someone's porn tape like yes that's fucking shitty putting it out yeah, that's even shittier and definitely illegal. But, like, stealing someone's guns is, like, a really big fucking deal. And, like, nothing happened. Like, because it all became about the tape. It was like, fuck the jewelry, fuck everything else. We can't let that tape get out. Right. What the fuck? So, like, a whole slew of people were brought in to, like, help them. Like, this guy Pelicano, who uh, there's, like, I mean, so much shit out there about. He's, like, a famous Hollywood fixer, you know, like, mm -hmm. where you, like, he, fixers yeah. generally are, are, like, their official titles are private investigators. And that's right. just because, you know, that that's usually the the certifications that they have so they can get people's information. But, like, a mm -hmm. fixer goes in and cleans up a fucking Hollywood mess. You yeah. know, like by, by all means necessary. That's like what that show, like Roy Donovan, was about, or, or whatever. There's um, that really good movie, uh, Hail Caesar. It's a Coen Brothers movie, and uh -huh. Josh Josh Brolin is like a fixer in the like 50s, I guess. And I right. I, I learned a lot about that role, that very important and the sort of behind the scenes of Hollywood. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's really, really crazy. And following a series of shady dealings, along with threats from biker gangs, legal action, groundbreaking uses of the Internet, ripoffs, guns, cocaine, Ron Jeremy, the Netherlands, millions of dollars and both damages and improvements of the reputations of all involved. The tape was released by Vivid Entertainment in 1998 and became the first commercially available sex tape that was totally legit and signed off on by the stars it featured. It was that same year that another sex tape featuring Pamela Anderson would surface, this time with another icon of 80s rock, Brett Michaels. Hey, show you things you never seen. Touch my backstage pass, ride my limousine. Please let me be your flesh and blood, yo. Dirty secret, yo. Rock good love. Brett spent close to $100,000 to suppress the distribution of the tape, but the internet is unstoppable, remains undefeated. Um, it When when I say that the stars signed off on the tape's release, it, it was because everything else had been done. Like, there was no getting it back. It, it had been online, you know, that through pretty mm -hmm. revolutionary internet technology like you know the first like streaming like long form streaming and stuff like like video streaming that was for this tape because they were like okay like how do we get it out there so they would charge like a $50 subscription to this porn website and then you would have five hours to watch this tape like over and over you'd get like a five hour like <laughs> like <laughs> you know which is funny because like watching five hours worth of a tape that has like seven minutes worth of sex like it's like so ridiculous <laughs> yeah. 
Because yeah. the rest is just them like swimming and like him like like steering a boat with his dick. Like it's like the tape uh-huh. is really all about Tommy's dick. It's not about naked Pamela Anderson. Yeah, but that is certainly not something it wasn't about. I right. <laughs> I think that I remember. Right. I I remember the naked Pamela Anderson parts of the. <laughs> well, but of yeah, course I did. You would remember I was it, like, but... I did think like. Yo, they are they're just like swimming a lot. That that kind of I yeah. didn't understand they're in love. That as a middle schooler that it was literally them just on vacation having a good time, not right. filmed for the intention of watch us have sex. That was just like they probably just had the cameras and they're like, "Well, we're both naked already." Like Yeah, oh, like, let's uh, just do that too, but I don't think that they like bought the they camera. They didn't set weird. out to make a porn. Yeah. Mhm. And that's the thing with a lot of this stuff. But also, it's interesting to note that the guy that actually stole it, Gautier, he didn't make any fucking money on this. Like, the guy that dressed himself as a dog to steal the safe. Like, by the time people started making money, it was so far out of his hands that he didn't make anything. And then he did this big interview. I think it was with Rolling Stone. And and he's talking about it. And he's like, you know, looking back on the tape. Because, like, he, you know, he'd been married all these times. He was in porn. Like, he he started a landscaping or, like, you know, Mm -hmm. electrician business after the tape thing and moved to where no one would know him or recognize him because it had just, like, kind of fucked him. And uh, he was like, you know, watching the tape, it's very cute. You know, they're in love. They're happy. I wish I had something like that. And it's just like oh this tape. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. He's and it's like, like kind this of tape. Obs- he's like obsessed. I mean, what kind of, you know, that's a hard sell. Like, hey, I should get some money. I'm the one that stole it. Like, yeah. I mean, you don't have a fucking good case. I mean, it's right. pretty scummy what you did. And Right. Like, and they offered yes. it to Ron Jeremy. And Ron Jeremy, because at this point, Ron Jeremy was, was doing a lot of producing. And he had done, like, some celebrity like pseudo celebrity type stuff you know with like b actors and things like that. he was doing a lot of like soft core shit you know and and things like that and they bring the tape to him and he's like is this stolen and they're like well yeah he's like well then i'm not fucking touching that and he asked pamela anderson years later if she made any money off of that and she said quote well you know like so, yeah. it, it you know because publicly it's it's no we didn't make any money off of that how awful blah 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 but it's like well yeah but once you sign off on it when you and sign like, off yeah I mean part of that yeah yeah you're you're getting something uh, it's also worth noting too that Motley Crue frontman Vince Neil had a sex tape as well which was filmed in the mid nineties and released in 1999 by IEG Entertainment and was also featured on clublove.com IEG and clublove were the original distributors of the Pam and Tommy tape so clublove.com is where they would stream Club it Love. Yeah, yeah, Club Love. And the guy that created that, I mean, he's considered to be like this internet whiz, like pioneer, you know? And it all starts with with these gritty tapes of uh, Motley Crue members banging people. And yeah, Vince Neil is with like a playmate in one scene, like a penthouse pet in in another one. Uh, But yeah, so that's the Pam and Tommy tape. But there's plenty more. Oh, yeah. Plenty more. Yeah, on with the skin show. With the internet now in full swing, the 2000s would prove to be the golden era of celebrity sex tapes. We would see both a rise in leaked private tapes, intentionally leaked private tapes, and fully produced pornographic films starring mainstream celebrities. 
In 2003, Paris Hilton was one of the most talked about celebrities in the world. Famous for her wealthy family and hard partying lifestyle, the socialite turned supermodel was reaching the pinnacle of success. Her new TV show, The Simple Life, was about to air, and it was expected to be a smash hit. When The Simple Life was released, it was as popular as expected, but not because it was a great show, which it was, but because that same year, grainy clips of her having sex with her then-boyfriend and two-time husband of Pamela Anderson, Rick Solomon, appeared on the internet. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That Rick Solomon married Pamela Anderson two times. You know, Pamela Anderson, biggest sex tape star ever, and then made the next biggest sex tape ever with Paris Hilton. So she married two people two times. So four of her marriages, two people. Yes. Yeah, you know, that balances out to to me. Um, But this one's a very different one because this isn't like... This one's really shady. I mean, when you when you see the clips of this one, this is the the classic night vision one. It's you don't feel like she's in on it, you know, and Mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of the fucked up thing about this. The video was shot in night vision and showed a visibly inebriated Hilton participating in fairly basic sex acts with the famed career gambler. Within hours of the clips being posted online, it had been viewed hundreds of thousands of times, and a media firestorm soon followed. This was huge. When when the like this, this was, was almost really... bigger than the Pam and Tommy one mm-hmm. because the internet just helped things move so fast. When Pam and Tommy came out, the internet was kind of a newer thing that you'd have to kind of get into the internet to get to the tape. By the time Paris Hilton's tape happened, everyone had the internet. Yeah. Yeah, and she yeah she was really notorious, and um, yeah I don't know the night vision just makes it weird. It's creepy. It's creepy. Yeah. She um, answers her phone at one point, like like I think like she's either like having sex or like like has his penis in her hand and then like answers her phone and he's like don't answer your phone and like like that like it's totally not like a planned thing and yeah like she seems kind of, like even in night vision like it with 2003 camera technology it doesn't seem like again she's in on it it seems like she's pretty fucked and wasted you know and kind of just yeah. like going through the motions with this guy i mean you know tons of couples have drunk sloppy sex or whatever you know but like not every couple puts a camera with night vision on. Because if, if you were going to film a tape, right, intentionally, wouldn't you have the lights on? You would think so. I don't know. I mean, but maybe who knows? But also that's, again, why it's kind of, it's icky because, I mean, yeah, I, I just remember feeling like I don't know if I'm supposed to be watching it. I mean, I'm not. We're not supposed to be watching. Yeah, we're not supposed thing. to be watching that's, it. That's, that's the whole thing. thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's the whole thing. You're you're not. So then that kind of, I mean, it kind of like is a big takeaway from these. That's a dark part of society right there. I mean, no one was supposed to see the Pam and Tommy thing either. The only reason why people kind of like accepted it as like a normal thing was because eventually it was given, you know, a fucking... 
DVD cover and like a VHS cover right. and a title and and a and a distrib like a production label mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But it didn't start like that. It started as a stolen tape from someone's fucking house, and this started as someone creepily filming their girlfriend having sex with them in night vision. Uh, so the Hilton family fought tooth and nail to stop the spread of the video, but it was too late. They filed a lawsuit against Solomon, and in turn, he countersued, explaining that the family was making false claims about Paris's age in the video, which was filmed in 2001, in order to destroy his reputation. Hilton also sued the company that released the clips, Kahatani Limited, but the case was thrown out. Paris was of age. She was like 20 when, when, when that was filmed, you know? And again, this is another freaky, creepy thing. Cause it's like, okay, so this comes out in 2003, but you had been sitting on it for two years, mm -hmm. you know? And like, yeah. again, with Pam, mm -hmm. with Pam and Tommy, it's like, no, they filmed that in 1995 themselves, kept it in a fucking safe in their house and then only after it was stolen years later did it come out this is you know filmed by the boyfriend and he himself puts it out i mean the yeah the guy having yeah that is a huge difference like you just said the couple this is revenge porn the, the couple possessing it together is one thing and i mean they were still together who knows what would happen you know there's but there's just the fact that yeah it's just the boyfriend and then it's just his hanging on to it for t for the year that she had a TV show coming out, you know, like not yeah, like when she had a big modeling slimy. spread, not when she's in vogue, but like, oh, you have a TV show coming out. Boom. Sex it's tape. Slimy. Fucked up. Yeah. The following year, Solomon released the tape on VHS and DVD officially through a company called Red Light District Video. The official release, titled One Night in Paris, was a full-color 45-minute video featuring the couple engaging in sex acts, particularly oral sex, on several different occasions. It's, again, this isn't porn. Like, so they're not acting it out like mm -hmm. crazy, like, oh, yeah. yeah, like, give it to me. It's not that kind of a thing. It's pretty mellow stuff, and it's like, you know, because these are celebrities. They're not, they're not, like sex symbols to themselves you know what i mean like that's how mm -hmm. they're perceived but they're just they're people yeah. so when you watch this it, it, there's always going to be kind of like a letdown moment like with like a celebrity sex tape where you're just like oh like this isn't like multi angles fucking crazy <laughs> shit like that you would expect this you know like you spent your life like this isn't your job your profession you know porn, right porn stars like spend a lot of time into making the sex look a certain way. Exactly. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but it doesn't really look that way when most normal people do it. So well, I don't know what's wrong when you do it, but it, that's exactly how it looks when I do it. Uh, you know, slow motion, sweat flying off my jowls, uh, all, all, that, all that shit. <laughs> so once again, Paris sued. This time she was awarded $400,000 as well as a portion of the sales, allegedly. Because she claims that, you know, she denies that she ever received any money from the tape, further explaining that she suffered through immense trauma and felt deeply humiliated by the whole thing. Solomon reportedly has been made a millionaire several times over from the tape. This is something that Paris has talked about in so many interviews recently. She's done like a, a big documentary about herself mm -hmm. and she's been featured in, in kind of like these social media icon documentaries where it's like, yeah, this like severely fucked her up, you know? And it's like, she was about to get a TV show. She had never done any nude stuff. Like, yeah, she was like a party girl, but she never wanted a video of her like blowing a guy getting out, you know? 
and yeah. like that like really fucked her up and that also did. it's like once that happens it's like your family can see that and your friends and, and everyone that's ever that fucking known you. you they just yeah it's not anything you see it it's just that that's the word on the street they know that's, it exists so it's the, what everyone's thinking about you know it, right it can just greatly overshadow anything else dominate a conversation the way people are looking at you so. Absolutely. From from there on, you know, and everyone's always going to want to ask you about it until you reclaim it, which she did. And thank God. I mean, you know, the simple life went on to do, you know, a few seasons. It, it's amazing. I was thinking about doing that as a dump in itself, but mm -hmm. it probably would have only been a dump because of the sex tape thing ha having a, happened, mm -hmm. you know. But um, the, the fact that she, you know, again, signed off on it and got like a settlement and it was released on DVD and VHS in stores with a title, A Night in Paris, kind of starts giving the belief to people that stars release their own sex tapes to make money. Right. And also, you know, it it brings up for the first time the emotional damage that it does to, to the victim. This is the first time anyone mm -hmm. really made it clear, like how much it hurt them. But also, you know, but most you know, people didn't believe her. Yeah, because also she is a Hilton, like an heiress to a huge fortune. So she is extremely like privileged. So there's a lot of things where it's just like, well, why should I feel bad for you because right. of yeah. who you are? In which, yes, she did, you know, was born into the lap of luxury, but that doesn't in any way. It's like a false. Uh, it's it's terrible logic to think that well then that's okay you somehow deserve it or like yeah because like just yeah because, yeah i'll no. tell you what if i get to have paris hilton's money i would put out like 50 sex tapes of myself like if that was the trade-off <laughs> like seriously like no one does not beget the other and she doesn't you know no one deserves that shit but also wouldn't her being so rich and having a tv show and a modeling career doesn't that show you that she didn't need the money from a fucking tape of her blowing some professional gambler or loser yeah you know exactly like she would wouldn't, like that, that the the logic there is so skewed, but because of the glossy cover, it really made it seem like <clears throat> this was like a, a thing, you know, like I a guess, fully produced, you know, like she was in on it thing. She was young and partying, so probably you know maybe people think, oh, she's careless, sloppy. Yeah, I mean, she definitely had a, a even though she was very popular, you know, a lot of she had a bad opinion, reputation, a bad reputation. I mean, this is also getting into the whole start of like, I mean, what she did, you know, led the Hiltons led to the Kardashians and this idea of yeah. creating a celebrity just because you are insanely rich as opposed to like doing something and then becoming, you know, and then getting becoming rich insanely off rich. your celebrity. Yeah. It's more like, no, I'm rich first and now I want to be a celebrity. And that, you know, that takes us to where we are now with in influencers and stuff. And, but it, the whole concept yeah. of that is pretty controversial and you can get some pretty heated, you know, views on this type of person or celebrity worship that we have in our culture. A absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, Paris Hilton, she claims to have invented the selfie, uh, which, mm -hmm. which is which, yeah, which is awesome, you know, and that, that's a great contribution to society. But, yeah, the Paris Hilton sex tape. I mean, if Pam and Tommy is the number one, Paris Hilton's number two as far as like kind of the the history of it but we'll get to yeah, another a, huge a hot huge, number huge three one.
coming up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it would. Yeah, and, and we'll get there. And it's Fred. But there was Durst. a slew. No. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. No, do, well. Hold, yeah. Bite your tongue because we're about to get there. Because there was tons of other celebrity sex tapes that failed to make the impact of Pam and Tommy or Paris Hilton's, but are 100% worth mentioning on Culture Dumps. Uh, this includes, yes, Fred Durst in 2005. Uh, that's a really grainy kind of night visiony one too. And he, he says like, um, he's, he's, he wants her to like play with his butt or like his balls or something. Like it's, he says something yeah. very specific. We, we uh, it's kind of hard this, to find. We watched this one when we were doing the Limp Bizkit episode of Podcast 99, right? Uh, in preparation, <laughs> greasy and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? I did have a laugh at Fred's penis, and you know what? That's not cool of me, <laughs> because like, that's yeah. Not fair. You wouldn't have a laugh at a you know I don't, a female celebrity's boobs, you know. I don't think I want like my dick to be seen by millions of people. So no, well, yeah, exactly. But it, it is Fred. Exactly. It is Fred Durst. He put and it that's in head the, first. And that's the yeah. gag. But it gets even better because Justin Diamond, a.k.a. Screech, had one in 2006. He actually has yeah, a three-way with uh, two very eager fans. Then there's Kid Rock and, St and Scott Stapp's doubleheader in 2006. Kid yeah. Rock and Scott Stapp of Creed, they like are on their bus, and they're both getting blown by girls, groupies at one point. And Scott Stapp says, it's good to be the king. Oh and it's God. just like, oh, God. And yeah, like, what a fucking wreck of That's, a goddamn thing. That doesn't seem very Christian. No, oh, but it maybe does the, not. Maybe it was the devil without a cause that tempted him. Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. brought him down. It, exactly. <laughs> we're it's very on brand for Kid Rock, not we're for We're out Scott here Stapp. waiting for that, that Scott Stapp redemption arc, I think. If he could, like, get his shit together and kind of Creed... I feel like Creed could have a big comeback. You think so? I think yeah. so. I, I, well, maybe in the last couple of years when there was like this big, you know, rise of conservative, you know, shit like Creed could have. <laughs> but, uh, the, you know, they, they missed miss, that. They missed, they, they, the, they, they, they missed the, the Trump boat there. Yeah. Uh, Bam Margera had one in 2003, which was actually included on CKY4, I believe it was. CKY was the... Um, the tapes that Bam Margera and Ryan Dunn would make before Jackass. And yeah. there's like a whole bunch of them. It's them doing Jackass stuff. They're very young. It's also a lot of skating. But at one point in the DVD when you're watching it, in the corner of the screen, a little heartogram will pop up. Heartogram is the symbol that Bam would draw on everything and like used. He like, totally stole it from the band Him, uh, which is just really lame and funny that you would do that. Mm -hmm. That'd be like, uh, like if you just started making like slayer your thing yeah and it's like everything you had you just put slayer on like it's virtually the same thing but that symbol would pop up in the corner and when it did you would press play and they would bring you to another scene that was him having sex with his girlfriend and it was like a full-on like porno sex tape scene um Vern troyer he had one in 2008 with a model and it, like okay i did not know that that is some disturbing shit, dude, because like, okay, we love Vern Troyer on Culture Dumps and we love Vern Troyer on Podcast 99. You know, he, he was a, a, a beacon of light, you know, in, in this world that brought a lot of people joy. But when you watch him have sex with an average height woman, it's like watching a baby have sex with an average height woman. Yeah. It is really fucked up. And he's like going down on her and like doing all this stuff and like. It's like it's a baby. <laughs> like, it looks like a baby because he's butt naked. It's fucked yeah. up. 
But uh, yeah, it was his girlfriend. Yeah, so he had he had a sex tape. He sued and and you know stopped that from getting spread. But again, the internet remains undefeated. Uh, there was many others, but for the sake of the show and familiarity, those are the big ones for us. But there are still a few that really change the way that we view celebrity and how we fulfill our desire to see them at their most vulnerable. There are some rare instances of a celebrity using sex tapes to reignite their career or as a way to break into the adult film industry, which like. By all accounts, seems like breaking into Alcatraz. Case in point, Joni Laurer, a.k.a. China Doll, a.k.a. Joni In 2004, professional wrestling icon China filmed her and her boyfriend Sean Waltman, a.k.a. wrestling icon... Tell us what to do. Yeah. You think you tell us what to win. Yeah. Think you better? Yeah. Well, you better get ready to bow to the master. Having sex with the intention of releasing it officially. This is a funny one because, like, China wasn't really doing too much, like, wrestling at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was kind of down our luck. She, she was she, she was on the surreal life, life and what's up? She just had a fucked up life. Yeah, yeah. She got really into drugs. I mean, wrestling is a tough thing. I mean, there's it's a tough life. You know, it's physically demanding. It's emotionally demanding. Uh, it chews you up and spits you out. And China had it really tough because she always had this reputation of, you know, the ninth wonder of the world. She's this big, strong woman. Her original character basis was that she was Triple H's bodyguard. Mm-hmm. And she had this really strong jawline um, that, you know, caused her a lot of grief throughout her life because it made her look even more masculine along with her being a bodybuilder. And, you know, she wanted to feel more feminine. And so eventually she started having pretty intense plastic surgeries like she had her jaw shaved down mm-hmm. um she had a, a couple things done and it really did kind of soften up her features and i feel like her going into porn or even wanting to release a sex tape was her way of like reclaiming like her womanhood and like her sexuality and being like i am sexy i am desirable i'm not this like circus freak i'm definitely not like a female under the giant mm-hmm. you know and, and and that's kind of the thing because when she's on the um show surreal life she's going by the name china doll which i feel mm-hmm. like was her like i feel like that's a legal thing where she wasn't able to use china because wwe probably right, owned it right. um but yeah so and you know her boyfriend was x-pac and x-pac like they had a really rough relationship lots of domestic violence stuff going on lots of fights lots of drugs speed and pills um and and alcohol specifically and it all you know comes together in this porno uh that was released through red light district video and they released one night in china because red light district they also did the paris hilton one a night in paris so come up with something new guys jesus but maybe also china was like hey one night in paris one night in china huh like she's like pitching it like like come on like let's do a night in china i mean if if your name if your name is also a location a place you can visit and you're doing a sex tape in which you're being penetrated seems like 
Yeah, it's there. It's there. Me. You know, yeah, it, it's yeah. there. You might as well. You might as well go for it. Not too long after that same year, they released the sequel, Another Night in China. Oh. Still craving the adult industry spotlight, China starred in 2011's Backdoor to China, the most hardcore of all three, and an actual professionally produced porno. And while popular, these were by no means on the level of Red Light District Video's top seller, One Night in Paris. Yeah, so now, she's making a transition. She's yeah, a, yeah, she wanted to be in porn, you know. Mm -hmm. But again, her career was kind of on the on the downturn there, you know, no longer wrestling. She had done, you know, yeah, she was on Surreal Life. Then I think she was on Surreal Life Fame Games, which was like a competition show um, mm -hmm. as opposed to just like a Big Brother thing. And she was in a couple, you know, B-movies. Like she was in Illegal Aliens with Anna Nicole Smith and Nicole's last movie um, where she plays like, this evil alien and did like a really weird fucking voice in it that you're just like, China, what in the fuck is going on here? But that's, you know, just where, where she was at the time. But um, if you could guess, if you didn't figure it out, back door to China uh, leans heavily towards the anal side. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. the other ones, and, and you know, one night in China and another night in China, those she filmed herself with, with X-Pac. Right. You know, and, and it's like handheld camera, like celebrity sex tape style. Mm -hmm. Backdoor to China is like an actual porn that right, right. like had a had a crew and, and all that, um, and I guess was the most uh, physically demanding as well. So, but that's kind of an interesting thing because that's the first time we've seen it where it's like, no, like I want this to be my new thing. Yes, mm -hmm. you know. Whereas before it was always like I didn't want anything to do with this at all. This is someone like I made three at some point. Like, you see, at some point, you see the publicity it's giving so then at some point it's going to be like well maybe i should do a sex tape because right. that would and give the, me attention and publicity exactly and with china it was really more of a curiosity novelty thing you know like which is, is fucked up to say but like it, it was you know i mean she's this fucking bodybuilding wrestling icon you know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. of careers and this mm -hmm. is probably the biggest one. It's definitely the biggest one in recent memory. Um, but we got to talk about America's first family before we get into that. The Kardashians. <laughs> yeah. A true and complete empire. A force to be reckoned with. Say what you will about their brand, their impact on popular culture, their personalities, or their scandals. It cannot be denied that the Kardashian family is a phenomenon. Well... That is all thanks to one night of ecstasy-fueled sex in Mexico and another leaked sex tape. The Kardashian family first became known to the world in 1994 when the family's patriarch, Robert Kardashian, a successful Beverly Hills attorney, read O.J. Simpson's supposed suicide note on live television, putting into motion one of the biggest pop culture and historical media sensations of all time, the O.J. Simpson murder trial. Kardashian was a longtime friend of Simpson and was a member of his legal dream team, quote unquote. The Kardashian children, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, and Rob. <laughs> also interesting to note that Courtney, Kim, and Chloe all with K's. All with K's. Um, and, and the Kendall, mom, their mom, Chris, Chris, with a K. Yeah. All and then Chris. later there would be Kendall and Kylie all with K's. Um, really fucked up thing. Uh, but first it was just the KKK. It was just Courtney, Kim, and Chloe. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Rob. And they all KKK lived a posh Beverly, 
Yeah, yeah, KKKR, not to be confused with the KKK. Um, and, you know, they lived in Beverly Hills, very posh lifestyle in the 90s, of, of course. Uh, 90s Beverly Hills is a very specific Beverly Hills, too. Like, because I feel like rich neighborhoods all around the world and the country really looked at Beverly Hills as to, like, how to be a fancy rich neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And in the 90s, it was, like, definitely at its peak of being the most Beverly Hills. It was it a be. fucking show, you know. There was a fucking show. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of show. And there was a cop, you know, Beverly Hills cop. There, there, was, a, there was a lot. There was a show. There was a cop. Yeah, yeah. What, what else do you want? You know, uh, and while they all lived this posh lifestyle, Kim seemed from an early age to want the fame that her family would eventually gain. It was not uncommon for Kim to appear in popular nightclubs alongside friend Paris Hilton. There were other moments of her life at this time that got some press attention, but for the most part, she was a little-known second fiddle to Paris Hilton. She even appeared on Hilton's show The Simple Life. One of the things that it was reported that Kim Kardashian did was after um, Nick Lachey from 98 Degrees divorced Jessica Simpson, they had their own show, Newlyweds, which is a total culture event. Oh, yeah. um, Kim was seen on a date with Nick Lachey. He was like, she was like the first girl that he had gone out on a date oh. with. And apparently her people leaked to the press where they were going to be. Right. So all these pictures could be taken of her out on this date with him mm-hmm. and, and you know, start this whole thing. And there was other things like that. Um, apparently, you know, she, she would try and report her own doings so much that like someone eventually just told her like, look until you're on TV, like we don't really care. Like that was like the thing. So, you know, there's the little chip on her shoulder. there, trying to, trying to make it happen in 2002. Kim Kardashian celebrated her 23rd birthday in Cabo, Mexico with her singer boyfriend and brother of way more famous singer, Brandy Ray J. Ray J has tons of dumbable aspects of his career, like his show for the love of Ray J, but that's a topic for another day. Um, this is interesting too. Cause yeah, Ray J had a couple hits. He was coming up. He was really mostly known for being the brother of Brandy who not only had her own show Moesha, but was immensely successful. But now he's, and mostly, now he's dating he's, Kim Kardashian. Yeah. He's known for being the guy in the Kim Kardashian sex video. That is yeah. by far his that is the most famous thing about Ray J. Right, which is funny too, because he had his own show like after this, like a dating competition show where women were like fighting for the love of Ray J. Uh you know For the to, love of Ray J. Yeah. Oh, for the I'm gonna start like the next time I like, I stub my toe or like I get a parking ticket. Oh, for the love of Ray J. That's, that's like gonna be my new uh, exclamation. According to Kim, the two were just messing around and filming themselves all day around the resort. And then later in the evening, after taking some ecstasy, they returned to their room and filmed themselves having sex. Then in 2007, just as Kim's name is starting to get some buzz, the video leaks. What exactly happened is often disputed. It really looks like Ray J leaked it in order to boost his own name, and that is often what is assumed. However, in 2007, when Vivid Entertainment broke the news that they had the video, Kardashians sued for ownership. Now, this is crazy. A reported $5 million deal was struck, and the video, titled Kim Kardashian Superstar, was released on every platform available. The video ended up making Vivid Entertainment somewhere in the ballpark of $150 million, making the Kim Kardashian sex tape the most successful sex tape of all time. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, and she owned it, and her mom, allegedly Kris Jenner, brokered the deal. 
like you know because chris has always managed all of her daughters that's the thing like she does you know kardashian communications or whatever and has always been like all of their business managers so this was like okay kim well like your career's on the rise you're starting to get modeling gigs here and there like Let's get ahead of this thing. Mm -hmm. And she got five million bucks at age 23. And then, you know, this tape went on to sell so much. But $150 million, that got me thinking, right? Because I was like, okay, how much does like a big movie make? Right. You know, mm -hmm. in a year. So that same year, these, I'm going to give you a short list of movies that this sex tape made more money than. Knocked up. Rush Hour 3, Super Bad, American Gangster, The Pursuit of Happiness, and Live Free, Die Hard. There were so many other movies that came out that year that this made more than, but these are kind of the biggest. Are, yeah. Kim Kardashian's sex tape made more money than those. Yeah. And imagine, uh, I mean, the production cost. I mean, fuck. Oh, nothing. I, mean, I guess lawyers. That's like the most expensive part of this is like having a, right. a, a legal team. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like it, I would rather watch Rush Hour 3 than the Kim Kardashian sex tape. <laughs> There's elements of, uh, yeah, it seems like this is just a, this is a, it does feel sort of well placed. Um, right. Doesn't it though? Uh, Doesn't it though? Cause guess what? It was later that very same year that a little show called Keeping Up with the Kardashians premiered. Yeah. So like it's all right in that pocket and, and like it's not unreasonable to think that Kim and Ray J came to an agreement with you know the guidance of her mom Chris right. and like made this whole because thing happen Chris, Chris was like you know very much I mean she's a part of the OJ trial not necessarily at first glance um, right but I feel like she already had some experience being involved in one of the major most controversial pop culture moments of the nineties, just kind of, even you know, being on the sideline, but still her husband being part of the team. I just think that she probably picked up some extreme PR savvy, you know, completely that experience. Well, and she had been doing it for a while. And, you know, a, another thing about it is Rob, the, the dad had died by, mm -hmm. by this time. So he wasn't really around. Uh, I, I don't think he would have been too stoked on, you know, this <laughs> video of his daughter sucking on Ray J's dick, uh, you know, being so circulated. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, Chris Jenner, again, like by this time she was married to Bruce Jenner, now Caitlyn. And like, so celebrity and like, just public perception has just always been in their world. Yes. And so this was just another big push. And again, you know, with her being so, you know, such good friends with Paris Hilton for so long and seeing what happened with her, it's like, well, like if you have a sex tape and it exists and you're trying to be famous, it might just be better to just get it out there now mm -hmm. rather than later when you, you know, it, have way more to lose, it you know, feels like, like an, let's build off of it rather yes. than let it tear you down. This feels like an evolution of the sex tape in a really weird way. And whereas like with Paris, it seemed very damaging and it seemed like she kind of was suing and yes, she did receive money from it allegedly, but that's more of like a complete reaction, you know, to the yeah. things that happened. And even the, I mean, this is more, a little more when the Pam and Tommy were like sort of giving it that like approval and knowing that like this could do something. But th then again, like you said, with the Kardashians, it's still this thing was so big, but it like the Kim sex tape. But at the same time, they have built so much of an empire and notoriety and fame 
that it's yeah. also kind of forgettable because the Kardashians right. it, they keep the news like stuffed full of like whatever create whatever shit they're up to. Yeah, and there's a billion of them. And it kind you of know, it's so kind of brilliant. Like you kind of forget that it happened in a weird way. I mean, which I yeah, I would say it's like third most famous because the right Pam and yeah, Tommy but it was Paris, the most but, successful. Yeah, because th so. the Kardashians just took over. You know what I mean? Like, and it's also Crazy interesting world. because. Like in that in the first season or two of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, like Kim and like one of her sisters, they're like doing photo shoots with Joe Francis from Girls Gone Wild, yeah, like because they had like a bikini line and like mm -hmm. apparel and stuff, and it wasn't like they were in Girls Gone Wild, but they were doing like apparel shots and and yeah, stuff like that. We're doing a and big, like, we're gonna do a whole Girls yeah. Gone Wild thing. Sure. Yeah, once it's, Joe Francis like stops like shit. doing crazy shit for like a week so I can catch up on fucking all the research because it's like every fucking time I like go to start, it's like, wait, he's in fucking prison now. It's like, yeah. wait, he was what? Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like it never fucking ends with that guy. Um, but let's get to some not very honorable mentions here. Hulk Hogan, uh, you know, the um, America's hero here in 2012 had a sex tape leaked on the website Gawker. It led to a giant controversy and giant lawsuit which ended up bankrupting the company because he sued for a hundred million dollars but his legal team and his whole lawsuit was fueled by this super billionaire tycoon ceo i think he had something to do with paypal's like creation mm -hmm. that um like he had beef with gawker about some story that they had run on him and so he was like but he couldn't do anything to have it taken down so he was like hulk hogan like you have this sex tape you're pissed that it got leaked let me help you take them down yeah and i'll put all the money in the world behind this thing and that's what it was he yeah. used hulk hogan as a pawn to take down and gawker there was a good uh was it, like netflix or hulu documentary about this thing. yeah yeah it's out I, I forgot what it's what it's called but yeah it is really good and it's yeah. got everyone in it mm -hmm. and then hulk hogan of course you know um as if that wasn't enough to like fuck up his career then he a big tape of him coming out saying the n-word a whole bunch of times came mm -hmm. out uh yeah like shortly after that uh tila tequila the social media star turned borderline reality tv star has made several sex tapes uh one in 2010 which she attempted to sue for the rights for or at least to prevent its release and then she filmed another one in 2015 which was widely released and which went on to win an avn award for best celebrity sex tape yeah. how many could there have been though in 2015 <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know. she, and then speaking of like, I mean, weird racist shit, she like kind of, I don't know if she's still in that, but she kind of went super, she went off the Trump rails, super like kind of the saying that Jews run the world. She was like, did a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of Nazi imagery. I think she kind of wrote a song that was like a, it was like a, she tried to change her name. It was for like hit. Tila, so it sort of like sounded like, like Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> like, I don't know. She, but yeah, she, but she is not. Uh, she wouldn't have been brought into the fold of the Third Reich, you know, b based on her own uh, ethnic background. Yeah. She also got booed off the stage of the Gathering of the Juggalos. Yeah, and then Tom Green apparently saved her life by running on stage and telling jokes to the Juggalos <laughs> so that she could safely escape to her trailer. That's the, that's the legend. I'll distract them. <laughs> hey uh, guys, you want to see me like suck on a fucking cow udder or like yeah, probably <laughs> some weird. Yeah. That's the level or you like, need to distract people at the gathering. Yeah. Or like, you know, put like raw meat. He all probably over just my body started. Or something. He probably just started like punching himself in the face or something just to, 
Yeah, yeah, or like putting scotch tape all over his face, like taping his eyelids up and shit. Uh, John Wayne Bobbitt. In 1993, Bobbitt's wife cut off his penis while he slept and then threw it out of the window of a moving car after suffering years of abuse. The story was a global sensation. Lorena Bobbitt was framed as a psychopath, a man's worst nightmare, while John as the poor guy and the that's fucked up figure. Well, thanks to uh, the miracle of medicine, his penis was reattached, and in 1994, he appeared in the adult film John Wayne Bobbitt Uncut. And then in 1996's Franken Penis. Um, yeah, I, I think both the... were produced by Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Doesn't he have a. Didn't he, like, also start a church? Uh, I mean, he was hired by the. Um, Moonlight Bunny Ranch in Vegas or in Nevada for a while to like be kind of just like um like an ambassador like like because if you went to like this brothel in Nevada like you could go in and sit at the bar for a while and hang out until you wanted you know to you know get a girl or whatever and like he would be there to be like yeah I'm the guy like to have my dick cut off like you having fun tonight bud like kind of like that was kind of like his job like they just liked him to hang around but he was a total piece of shit that yeah like used to beat Lorena and all that like it's not like she just woke up in the middle of the night and decided to cut this guy's penis off it didn't work like that that is and uh her story that whole story is crazy I'm surprised that it doesn't kind of show like maybe because she went and like it feels sort of like this thing that would be really popular now or a story but maybe because she went and cut his dick off it went like a little too far but like i feel like i know some people that would be like yeah cut cut all the guys dicks off but i don't know i know a hundred people dude there's people listening to the show right now that want to cut our dicks off yeah but uh but but the thing is is that um there well there was like i think amazon put out a big like mini series on it that's really good it has everyone in it right but no he like beat you know he like assaulted a stripper like like hit her and stuff like he's just like a bad dude um that didn't deserve to be in any porno um but at least he's in a porno because at one point in time his penis was cut off um now this one's a big one this one happened fairly recently the fappening in 2014 now that was an iCloud hack of celebrity accounts and there was hundreds of pictures from dozens of celebrities. Um, I think, like, right off the top of my head, like, it was, like, Jennifer Lawrence. That was, like, one um, of the most famous ones, I think. Yeah, th- there was a ton. A-, a lot of, you know, like, when I say Disney stars, it makes it sound like they're kids. They're not underage or anything. But, like, ki- like people that were known for being on, like, Disney TV shows and stuff like that. Um, yeah, some movie stars, some singers. And that w- and it was called The Fappening, like a play on the movie titled The Happening, um, which I will say is very clever and a funny title. But this whole thing is total revenge porn and revenge porn laws and laws against leaking this kind of material completely existed at this time and there was a giant FBI led search for the culprits and five people ended up being arrested and convicted after an exhaustive manhunt. Yes. Um, Cause it was a big network of people working together to get into these iCloud accounts, dump all of these images. And I mean, it was like a fucking gold mine and a lot of, you know, other celebrities that weren't necessarily like victims of this, but were speaking out against it. And, um, it like one of the main things that was being said was like just looking at these photos is an assault right you know like just like just having them on your computer isn't in itself an act of sexual and then, assault and then the other thing that's kind of not the celebrity element of this but just at the same time 
yeah, the whole revenge porn is starting to become a thing that people are aware of. And just the, and just there's, this happened to many people that weren't celebrities, but just stuff like, right. You know, if it yeah, was like just the like website, some, is anybody up? Someone, or is anyone yeah, up? Some, that, that was a big one. Yeah. Like someone just at your school and then it's like everyone suddenly, God, like, it's terrible, they might, huh? their video might be leaked. And that, that also relates to, I mean, this was a Patreon we did almost a year ago talking about uh, the movie American Pie where it was kind of like right. there was a whole leaked video scene. Yeah, like everyone's that, streaming this. Right, yeah. which the whole humor is that the guy like prematurely ejaculates. So it's like the the shame is on him and it's kind of a gag. But, you know, if if they had just had sex in the whole school would have watched, it, it would have been fucked up. It would have been like yeah. a completely different thing. But that is like in zero way treated as like, oh, this could have been horrible. It's more like, right. aha, he came. So anyway, there's just this whole. Yeah, it it's on a celebrity scale is what we're talking well, and that's about. That's why but like this whole revenge. Only fans is, is like a big thing. Only fans. Yeah. But I mean, at least to my knowledge that that's at least people like. Right. Well, no, no, that, but that's what I'm saying. That that's why it's so popular, though, because there is this desire to like be like, oh, I just want to see like this person naked or like mm -hmm. this person doing some yeah, sexual like stuff, in the scene you know, and like to have like pictures leaked. Yeah. Right, and that's why like the fappening was such a big thing because it was like, oh man, now we can like see like all these people, and I feel like now there's just like such a kind of acceptance of sexuality that like girls and, and and you know men men too but you know i i feel like a lot of this stuff is always just like harping way more down on on, on females oh, but yeah, it's like they now can take the power in their own hands and it's like i'm gonna put this shit up myself mm -hmm. and you're gonna pay for it rather than fucking me like trying to send like a cute pic to a guy like next thing i know fucking 10 15 other people have it like mm -hmm. no like you're gonna pay for it this time and i feel like without like sex tape culture we wouldn't have a thing like only fans you know True. where it's like yeah. well i want to really see this like and like because it's it takes two it takes the person that's okay with showing themselves and it takes the person that really wants to see this you know real person you mm -hmm. know not a porn star not a celebrity right you know but just like a person so it, it all kind of plays into it but now we're going to get into the two worst ones oh, then we're going to close it out here R. Kelly, yeah, 2002. Course. How could we forget? An underage girl, I think she was about 14 at the time in the video, uh, he pees on her, and that video leaked out because he filmed himself doing tons of fucked up shit, and it was being sold at, like, swap meets and things. It was, like, the R. Kelly sex tape, and there'd be, like, bootleg boxes for it, and they were selling it like the girl wasn't underage and like it wasn't fucked up, and someone sent it to a Chicago newspaper, and then that led to a highly publicized trial and sparked an over a decade long fight to have R. Kelly locked up, which like just now happened. Yeah, you know, like within the last couple of years. It is crazy how for years he got away with it. Yeah, and obviously things came out more recently about some of the shit he was doing, but like it is crazy to think that it was almost you know the first thing that really happened was still one of the most shocking things. But that, right. that, that does, I guess, also speak in a in another way to the power of celebrity of like his ability to fight it. And it's like, well, I'm the ignition guy. I'm a, you know, I'm a massive hit maker. Right. Why would I, I be I'm, with a kid? Like when I yeah. can get with anyone I want, it's like, well, that's the fucking thing, man. You can get with anyone you want because you're so fucking rich and powerful. And you chose to fucking be with someone that fucking young. Yeah. And also when you think of a sex tape, you, you're thinking of like people having sex and then you get this R. Kelly sex tape and it's him just like peeing on someone. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, it's like, disturbing. you know what I mean? Like not 
not as I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we have Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. Now, Chuck Berry has sex tapes from like every fucking year ever. Uh, he got caught with you know hitting cameras in his restaurant bathroom right. in the women's restroom. Uh, multiple multiple things. He has like videos. Famously, you can find this online. Uh, he's in the bathtub with a, a woman who you know I, I guess was a prostitute that he had hired, and you know he farts in her face and pees on her, and you know famously says like do you want me to kiss you after he pees all over her and she says yes and he's like well i can't kiss you baby you smell like piss and uh yeah. and he's you know he's it's, he's really into farts i mean like, i feel like at one point we were gonna do just chuck berry we were gonna do just gonna chuck berry but like it's too gross uh i mean if you didn't <laughs> know about this stuff it certainly uh yeah it's gonna taint your image of like the the like the rock and roll guy of american like of, um, of Americana yeah, is he, what it will do. <laughs> there is a lot of video evidence of him being a fucking horrible. Yeah, and I mean he was a horrible guy anyways. Yeah, he first but, of all he didn't even like rock and roll. He said that he he started playing rock and roll to make money. He was always into big band stuff, but there was no money in it. Yeah. Uh, he also had tons of underage girl photos at his house. Yeah. Um, you know throughout that spanned decades, he got in trouble for transporting a minor over state lines, and it wasn't because he was just giving her a ride. Oh uh, yeah, and that you know, was it's in like, like the fifties or early sixties. So. Yeah, I mean, this guy's been doing bad shit, but it all comes down to the fart videos. Yeah, and the well, in the bathroom thing. I mean, that's kind of like one of those VH1 most shocking whatever rock moments is that he. I mean, he installed hidden cameras in the women's bathroom of his restaurant. So I mean, well, let's not. Right. Let's let's let let's let that sink in. I mean, yeah, th- that's uh, yeah. And like depending on what kind of restaurant, yeah, it's just like a whole. I'm like depending on what kind of restaurant, it's gonna be like very different kind of videos, you know. Like if you if you put fucking like video cameras in like the bathroom of like your fucking like Asian buffet, you know, as opposed to like your fucking like coffee joint, you're gonna get a different quality of bathroom video. (laughs) Yeah, and that. On that oh, note, God. folks, what does it all mean? <laughs> it means that it's never, ever okay to exploit someone's private moments. It's illegal and it's universally wrong. However, it's also universally wrong to judge anyone who is feeling adventurous and wants to share their sexuality with the world. One should not always assume that it's a desperate act to release a sex tape, but we should not also assume that the release of a sex tape was an act that the celebrity even wanted to commit. It's two things here. You have to take each of these cases for what it is. And there's no like, well, celebrities do this. They're like, like, oh, it must be another publicity stunt. A lot of the times that's not the fucking case. And if it is the case, who fucking cares? Very well said, Ryan. This is a tricky one. You wrapped it up in a bow as best you could. Yeah, right after making a giant fucking poop joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what you get when you when you listen to Culture Dumps, folks. A nice, even-keeled, uh, balance, like, very delicate balancing act here. But, yeah, you know what I mean? It, it really is all about personal choice, and it's in a lot of these cases, it wasn't the personal choice of these people to have the tapes brought out. No. It was the personal choice to make them. Sure, but that doesn't mean just because it exists doesn't mean it exists for everyone, and that's the big thing. And if it does exist for everyone, it doesn't make them desperate. It doesn't make them an idiot. It doesn't make them any of this stuff. It's all about choice, folks, and consent. Yeah, and that's the takeaway today. Absolutely. Um, 
make sure you guys follow us on social media on Instagram, of course, at Culture Dumps. You can send us over a suggestion, comments, concerns, corrections, even. We will always accept uh, corrections and notes uh, over at culturedumps at gmail.com. For exclusive content, make sure you subscribe to patreon.com slash culturedumps. And uh, I'm Ryan Lichten. I've been with Parks Miller. You eat it up, we dump it out.